Everyone's favorite, Tony DeNicola. Tony, what's happening, buddy? Oh, lovable. You're giving me far too much credit, man. People either love me or hate me, but I am who I am. And I'll be honest with you. I'd... Oh, I thought there was yeah, more to no, that. Yeah, there My really bad. wasn't. My bad. Okay. I was like, um, what's he going to be honest with us about? All right. So, interesting stuff has happened since the last time we recorded a show, which was only five days ago. Um, DeMarcus Cousins was traded. Uh, Serge Ibaka, we didn't touch on it last week. He was he moved. There's also some potential big names out there that may or may not move. Carmel Anthony, that's the obvious one, and a not so obvious one. Damian Lillard, Orlando really inquired about him uh, from an, uh, an account I read, um, but they just don't have the pieces to to get a Damian Lillard. So I think that's when they went with the Ibaka thing. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's go back to that boogie trade. All right, so Boogie Cousins and uh, Omri Caspi for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, and some picks. Um, who won this trade? Oh, I think the Pelicans by far. I mean, you got DeMarcus Cousins. The guy scores 27.8 points per game, 10.6 rebounds. I mean, you get a guy who's 26 averaging a double-double on a team that struggles to score with just Anthony Davis, Drew Holiday, and not much else. I mean... I think the Pelicans scored big time on this one. I get what Sacramento's trying to do, getting younger, acquiring those picks, but I and I, I know the draft coming up is supposed to be, you know, very deep, but I I don't think it's worth it with the, what they gave up. I mean, you they gave up a perennial all-star for just, you know, I they're just banking on the fact that they think for some reason their ownership and their GM is obsessed with Buddy Heald. They think he's going to be a marquee player. I think one um I believe their GM said something that went as far as saying he thinks he could be a Steph Curry type player, which Buddy Heald's good. I watched him in college at Oklahoma. I mean, comparing him to Steph Curry, I think that's a bit of a reach. That was actually the owner. The owner? Okay, yeah. I didn't think. The owner referred to Buddy Heald as uh, having Steph Curry like potential. But I have some other quotes here mm-hmm. by the owner of Vivek of. Um, of uh some some he actually used to work for the Warriors. So here's here's some of his um past comparisons and uh ideas for what he wanted to do with the uh with the Warriors when he was with them. <clears throat> he compared Nick Stauskas to Clay Thompson. <laughs> Jeez. He was clearing multiple first round picks to make room for Mar Ray John Rondo, Marco Bellinelli, and Costa Kufis as free agents. Yeah, because and also, Rondo has done also, so well with other teams and other players. Yeah, Rondo's Oh, great again, piece. It, that's not even the most egregious thing. Oh boy. So here's the most egregious thing. He also reportedly wanted to keep Monte Ellis over Steph Curry during his time as minority owner of the Warriors. Oh my god. Again, I'll read that again. So just in case people didn't hear <laughs> Let's me. Let's sink in. He also reportedly wanted to keep Monte Ellis over Steph Curry. Oh, um, I think LeBron probably with uh, as a quadriplegic could beat that Warriors team if uh, they went ahead and kept Monte Ellis over Steph Curry. And I'm not even on the Steph Curry bandwagon like a lot of people are. I'm I'm you know more on the team that he's overrated, but he's a damn sight better than Monte Ellis. And Monte Ellis was a really good player for a while, but he's just another eccentric, ball-dominant, you know, two small two-guard and in the vein of Steph Marbury or Kenny Anderson and Allen Iverson. Um, he's no Steph Curry, folks. He's yeah. no Steph Curry. I'm I'm not too fixated on visualizing LeBron James as a quadriplegic and just thinking he'd be the most athletic quadriplegic ever. Like, you would, you would look at that guy and be like, okay, he has no limbs, but I want that man drug-tested. Yeah, he's got a hell of a torso. Yeah, a lot of uh, not a six pack, uh, an eight pack. Yeah, he's he's yoked. So, um, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that they got the better of the trade. Um, poor Tyreek Evans, he digs he gets out of Sacramento. He's living the life in uh, New Orleans. Comes right back. And then gets sent back to Sacramento. That's a rookie of the year, by the way. So, yeah, I agree with you on Bunny Heel too. Um, 
fine player, but come on, let's pump the brakes on the Steph Curry, yeah. uh, the Steph Curry garbage. He's scoring um, eight point six points per game. I mean, come on, dude. That's that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, and he was a he was a fifth year senior. Or he's a he was a, a senior when he was drafted. Um, Which is never a good sign. Never a good sign. I mean, he sort of peaked um, in, in late of. I mean, obviously he was you know a lot of output as a as a player at Oklahoma, but he really didn't peak or come into the national consciousness until really late in the season last year and into the tournament. I'm just so. thinking now about that front court for New Orleans with Anthony Davis and and Cousins together. I mean, that's about 55 points per game and about 13 rebounds. And we're talking about a Pelicans team that has a minus four rebounding differential, and you throw Cousins in that lineup? Like, that is a nasty, nasty front court now. Yeah, so the actual trade um, was right here in my face, and then I just lost it. I have it in front of me. Um, oh, okay. The Pelicans get uh, DeMarcus Cousins and Omar Kispe, Caspi? Omri Caspi. Yeah, okay, there we go. 5.9 points per game. Who cares? It's just a body. And then the uh, the Kings get uh, Buddy Heald, 8.6 points per game. Tyreek Evans, 9 points per game. Langston Galloway, 8.6 points per game. They also had to waive Matt Barnes to make room for on the roster. And then they also get New Orleans' uh, first and second round picks next year. New Orleans' t- uh, first round pick is top three protected, though. I don't think New Orleans will be that bad, but just in case the wheels fall off, they're protected. Well, Anthony Davis does have a spotted uh, – excuse me, I'm still losing my voice, by the way. So that little puberty hiccup you heard, that's actually happening. So uh, Anthony Davis does have a spotty injury record. So I, I understand um, – you know, I sort of understand why that has to be a top three protected because it, as much as DeMarcus Cousins doesn't have an injury history, um, Anthony Davis does, and hypothetically, if you were to lose, obviously, both of them, that is the worst team in the league. That roster outside of Anthony Davis before yesterday is was the worst in the league. Yeah. Just, I mean, Brook, Brooklyn would dominate that dominate that roster with uh, without Anthony Davis. So... That being said, I do agree with the with the fact that uh, that New Orleans did win the trade, but it does make me wonder why they were willing to just dump Demarcus Cousins. I don't know if they wanted to pay him two hundred million dollars. Maybe that's what they were afraid of. But um, yeah. But no, from from what I see, I, I I just it does look like a um, you know we're sort of sick of this guy and we need to get him out of here. Well, it's strange too because just a couple of weeks ago, Vladi Divac was talking about how much they love him in Sacramento, how he loves being in Sacramento, and under no circumstances, you know, they won't trade him at all. And then all of a sudden, I mean, this came about during the All Star game in New Orleans. Like this trade happened during the game, and now it's like we go from we'll never trade this guy, we love him, to let's get him out of town and just get a bunch of potential and pieces back. Like they definitely didn't get a you know a fair trade for him. I, I feel like they got fleeced by New Orleans. Yeah, I'm trying. Also trying to figure out like what their um what their uh, starting um, five is going to be um and how uh and how Elvin Gentry is going to play those two together. So my guess is that Drew Holiday, um, when he comes back, is going to be the two. I actually don't know how long he's out for. So it looks like the only true two guard they have on the team is Etwan Moore. Yeah, they only have one Jeez. shooting guard now. They traded yeah. three away. I mean, they're gonna have to go pick um, somebody up. I mean, Caspi or Ponda, oh boy, I don't know. But um, they're, I think they're going to trade Darren Jones before the trade deadline too. Uh, I've always forgot. I forgot they have Omar Asik on the on the um, on their bench too, and they're somehow paying Omar Asik almost ten million dollars, ten point five, eleven point two, and eleven point nine over the next four years. That's hilarious. Yeah. So Boogie Boogie Cousins is set to make sixteen point nine this year, eighteen next year, and then he's an unrestricted un, uh, free agent the year after. Um, and then they're going to have to give him a max deal. And yep. uh, it doesn't look like they're going to have to pay Anthony Davis um, any more money, if, uh, I mean, at least until 2020. Um, he's he's locked up for a long time, which was smart by them to do that last year as opposed to doing it going into this season because of the uh, big salary cap spike. So they actually might have created themselves a little bit of breathing room to re-sign DeMarcus Cousins when the time comes. But, again, what Alvin Gentry is going to do with the team is uh, very – I don't know. It'll be interesting. Alvin Gentry, by all accounts, is a super smart guy, so we'll see how he does. Yeah, and he is like you said, he's a free agent in the summer of 2018. New Orleans can offer him five years, 179 million extension this July, 
But I mean, yeah. that's a clear thirty million short of what Sac or yeah Sacramento could have given them. I just feel like I don't know if something went wrong behind the scenes or like you said, maybe they're just sick of it and they just want a complete culture change in Sacramento. But they just did an about face and you know record record pace in the last two weeks. Yeah, no, I agree with you, and um, I am excited I though. I'm uber excited to see those two play. I mean, we've never seen Cousins on a winning team or a playoff team. You know, right now the Pelicans are two and a half games out, but that they're going to rise in the West, obviously. But if they can play well together, I mean, both from Kentucky, Davis and Cousins, like, and what's great too is Davis now moves to the four, and you can play Cousins at center. Davis is better at the four spot. He averages about 30 points per game at the four. And he's, a, you know, he's about the same rebounder as well. So that frees him up a little bit. Like this lineup, man, if those two gel and you get a little bit of good point guard play from Drew Holiday, I mean, they could be a bit, they can make some noise in the West as a dark horse. No, I 100% agree with you. And um, <clears throat> I agree with the sense that, uh, that Davis is probably the better option to play the four. Um, he's more of a stretch for, he can shoot jump shots. He actually has been working on his three point game and, uh, he can handle the ball a little bit. So I, uh, I do like not that cousin can't cousins can't do all that. Um, but cousins just is so much more, is so much bigger, yeah. you know, than, than Davis. Davis is a skinny guy that put on muscle. Yep. Cousins has always been a thicker guy that actually had to drop a little weight. So yeah, I, uh, you don't want I your do jump like, shooter banging bodies down low. No, you don't. And especially you don't want the guy that's a little bit more frail, as well, banging bodies. I mean, yep. you sort of want him, you know, um, uh, you know, catching eight to fifteen footers and knocking those down. And Davis uh, obviously can get to the rim as well, or step out and shoot a three if he needs. He's a he's a very 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 unique player. Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. I I get what the Kings are doing, but they're putting a lot of just risk on potential. And I guess apparently too, they have a uh, Chicago's first round pick if they fall out of the top ten, which they currently are. But I mean, I. I don't know, man. It's a lot of risk on potential. When you had a good young player in Cousins who was 26, and you could have built your future around him. And I feel yeah. like New Orleans, the only way they make this deal is if they know that they can re-sign Cousins. And he grew up in Mobile, Alabama, about 90 miles away. And that fit with Anthony Davis, too. They both went to Kentucky. They had that kinship with each other. I feel like they have a, a good shot at re-signing him, or else they don't make that deal. No, I 100% agree with you. And actually, Drew Holiday's having one of the better seasons of his career is um, 16.3 points a game, four rebounds, uh, seven and a half assists. Yeah. It's a steal. Um, you know, a steal and a half, actually, about a half a block, and he's shooting uh, 47%. And he's almost a 40% uh, three-point shooter. So, And how much do those get... two big men free him up in the outside? <laughs> Think about it. They're, they're both great passers, too. Yeah, that's the other thing that Boogie Cousins doesn't get enough credit for. He actually is a very good passer. And actually, that's a nice uh, core uh, big three there with Holiday, Cousins, and Davis. Um, <clears throat> ton of talent. So Young, too. Young and talented. Very. Yeah, very young. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think Drew Holiday is the old man in this. I think he's uh, 26. Um, Cousins is 25. And Davis is 23. I mean, that that's, that's really young, you know. Uh, all things considered. Yeah, it's a good um, young nucleus. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> I and and the other good thing, Drew Holiday has some experiences uh, experience going deep into the playoffs. Um, he was on that Sixers team that uh, went to the uh, Eastern Conference Championship um, with Doug Collins as the coach against uh, uh, Miami or uh, LeBron James led Miami Heat in two thousand. I do believe it was two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. Um. But, yeah, I mean, uh, speaking and, and shifting over to the East, uh, Serge Ibaka trade. Now, you and I differ on uh, the impact of this trade. I obviously think it helps Toronto, yeah. but I don't I don't think it makes a difference when it comes to what team is going to come out of the East. I don't think it matters one bit. They had a Serge Ibaka type going to the playoffs last year in Bismack Biombo. Serge Ibaka is a little bit better of a player, but Cleveland still didn't struggle at all against that team. And Kevin Love – that is an X factor, but I think even without Kevin Love, I think it just makes their their I think it makes their run harder, but I don't think it, it stops it. I think I think without Kevin Love they don't beat the Warriors. I think no, without Kevin Love they still beat Toronto. Uh I yes, I think Cleveland will, but I with Serge Ibaka and if Kevin Love isn't healthy and ready to go come playoff time, I think it gives Toronto some puncher's chance. But I mean if 
if you put those two teams up against each other, Eastern Conference Finals, which is where they'll most likely meet, because I think Toronto will rise from the four and become the two or three seed now over at Washington. Right. But I give them a puncher's chance. I would still take Cleveland in seven, but I could see it just it gives Toronto that much better of a chance. Like I think it was a great move by them. Like Cleveland is the king of the Eastern Conference. You have to do whatever you can to just get within striking distance of them, and they made the right move. Yeah, I agree with you. No, I, I I like the move for Toronto. I guess that wasn't really what I was saying, but yeah. Um, when when you and I were disagreeing on it, I just don't think that I, I think I don't think that to, that's a big enough. Uh, you know, it's not a big enough trade. I guess mm-hmm. it's a blockbuster in the sense that Ibaka is a well-known player because of his time in OKC, but it doesn't necessarily translate to them being the best team in the East. I still think they're just the second best team. They're a little bit for better version of the second best team. Yeah. Um, Basically in the East, you're taking Cleveland and I think I'm taking the field. I think, I don't know. I, I think with, without Kevin Love healthy, I think this is the year that Cleveland can go down and we might have a new champ in the East. Yeah. So that may be more um, wishful thinking, but may not be the most logical. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I agree so, with you. I know my throat is just shot. So uh, I got something another... to do with your throat. <laughs> uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's also rumors that Paul George could be moved. Yeah. Um, it's it seems it seems unlikely at this point, but um, some of the teams that have been out there, I mean, the Pelicans and the Kings are both rumored to get him, and I don't think that's going to happen now. No, I don't think um, the pieces now. Right, but the Atlanta Hawks are a team that are also looking at them. Um, I definitely think that also shifts the balance of power in the East a little bit more. That'd be interesting, um, though, if they trade Paul George from Indiana to Atlanta because they're neck and neck in the playoff race. I mean, Atlanta's five, Indiana's six. Like, why would you want to help out, you know, a team you're trying to catch? Well, they wouldn't necessarily be helping him out, but I just think that Paul George fits a little bit better with the uh, with with Atlanta than he does with the Pacers right now. I mean, they're you know they're four and a half games apart um, right yeah. now. But uh, but I, I think that um, I, it's hard to know what goes on internally with, with the NBA specifically because the players have so much leverage and they can just kind of go and talk to the owner as they please. But um, Yeah, it is amazing, like, the no trade clauses they have, like, you know, with Carmelo Anthony. Just like you said, how much power they wield with ownership and with their GMs. It's such just a star-driven league. Yeah, very much is. And um, so what I'm thinking is that maybe Paul George's voice is he wants to get out and maybe he is angling for a trade to a certain team. But it doesn't look like Atlanta is willing to um, willing to barter or excuse me, bargain. Yeah, yeah, I guess barter, whatever. uh, Move on from Paul Millsap because they seem to be enamored with him. Paul, obviously, Paul George is a better player than Millsap, but um that would seem to be the most logical trade chip. I don't think Indiana wants anything to do with Dwight Howard. Why any team wants anything to do with Dwight Howard is oh, just baffling. But such um, a pain in the ass, that guy. So uber talented, but just such a pain in the ass. He's just so lazy. He's, he should be so much better than he's he like is. the he's big not. man version of Carmelo. He's oh my god, he's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, and the fact that he's never really refined his um his offensive game, he's never really polished it. He seemingly doesn't work on his three or his free throws. I'm gonna say three point. His free throws, um, it, it just, I don't know, it's embarrassing. It's yeah. just, he's just one of those, he's just an underachiever, but it doesn't really matter because he's made so much money off of essentially one finals run and some beautiful broad shoulders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, it is sad. I mean, he's another one of those guys we've talked about where it's just athletically gifted, but it's almost to a detriment because he's not motivated at all. He doesn't have that competitive drive in him. Like he's just like, eh, whatever, go with the flow. Like I'll just let my athleticism take over. Who cares about refining my game and getting better and being the best of all time? Eh, I don't need that. I'll just coast. Yeah. That, that does seem how it seems to be how it happens. So um, here's another thing I was thinking. Another team um, is uh, I, I do wonder if, if there's a shot for Boston. So I'm working on the ESPN trade machine right now to see if maybe they can get him in Boston because Boston seems to, you know, be looking, um, you know, to sort of upgrade their roster a little bit, take some of the pressure off of um, – Wait, you're talking uh, about Boston getting Carmelo? No, 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 Boston getting Paul George. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I was going to say, Boston, be smart. You've built a good young team. Don't put that albatross of Carmelo around your neck. Just don't do it. As a Knicks fan – I plead to you, Boston, be smarter than that. I like the good young team you have. 
don't do it. Trust me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I just don't see how the money would even match up because I, they're not going to move Avery Bradley. Amir Johnson's a one-year, twelve million dollar expiring, which would be sort of um, sort of appealing. Um, Isaiah Thomas is Boston's best player. He's making six point five million dollars. Al Harper's yeah, no. making twenty six million dollars for comparison's sake. But so anyway, they would need to trade Al Horford and and maybe a throw in in one of those picks, and they I think they could pull it off. But there's just I don't I just don't see them. Yeah, I don't know. I I just don't see them moving on from. Um, ugh, um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it happening, I guess. I don't see if Boston really has the trade trips other than the expiring Amir Johnson contract. Do you almost the, think um, it'd be better for Boston? Like, they have such a good, young, talented team. If they just kind of wait out Cleveland and just maybe wait for LeBron to get a little bit older and for some of his pieces to leave? Yeah, maybe, but I I still think they need a, a legitimate scorer. I mean, getting through the finals in the East isn't all that impressive. It's actually winning the finals. Yeah. And I don't think you can do it with the defensive liability that is Isaiah Thomas. And you can't really trust Avery Bradley's health. Avery Bradley is having the best year of his career right now. Um, he's averaging like 18 points a game, and he's playing insane lockdown defense. But for one sustaining that on both ends of the floor is, kind of, is going to be kind of difficult. And um, – Isaiah Thomas, like I said, is just such a liability defensively and no fault of his own. At least he tries. Yeah. Um, so much fun to and, watch, too, though. I love that guy. Right. I, I do, too. And he's been amazing in fourth quarters. But their win differential is down from last year. They're essentially like the, the NBA version of the Giants. Good record, but they're pulling these wins out ugly and late. And that's not really the way to win. As yeah, uh, You can't sustain it, as we saw no, in episode number 25, Giants pride. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. that. I don't know. I, I listen to that at least twice a week, I and I just need a good I, laugh and just uh, I, to drink your tears. <laughs> That's exactly what you're doing. Yep. Um, no shame. Excuse, excuse that coughing, by the way. Tony, you don't have to edit that. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, so that's why I said excuse it, so you don't have to worry about going in and finding it. Um, I'm not sick. I've been inhaling a lot of, um, a lot of uh, dust from uh, drywalling my uh, attic. And uh, under the hoodie studio is still a work in progress, but uh, boy, talk about you know that what? At the end I of the love how dedicated you and closer. are. Because even at the risk of getting lung cancer, you're going to make this podcast work. That is dedication, folks. That's what Dwight Howard doesn't have. If you could put Bill Kegel's dedication, passion, and fire inside Dwight Howard, you've got an all-time NBA great. It's very true. I would rather live another 15 years and make money doing this podcast and live another 80 and not make money doing this podcast. That's how dedicated I am to this podcast and money that I'm willing to die early in order to make money. I don't know why that makes sense, but it does. Yeah. Don't and, worry, I'll uh, take care of your daughter when she turns 18. Now that you're a free man, um, I, I actually, that now gets creepier and creepier the more I hear it. It so, should. Yeah, I definitely should. So um, I'm going to mark the days down on my calendar here. So, Tony, what did you take from All-Star Weekend in the NBA? Uh, honestly, I didn't watch it. I mean, the All-Star Game just isn't fun to me because it's not really competitive. It's just an exhibition. Like I, I had more fun watching my cardiac cues playing Georgia Tech and you know, then watching The Walking Dead after that. But I, I maybe watched like two minutes of highlights. I saw... Steph Curry like tried to defend a three-on-one fast break and basically just lay on the ground, and they dunked over him. And then later on, he tried to do an alley-oop off the backboard to himself. You know, it is Steph Curry. He failed miserably. Like, stick to what you're good at, shooting, you know, long-range threes from all over the gym. But, yeah, man, I just I, I don't care enough. The only all-star game I ever care about is Major League Baseball and more so the home run derby. But, like, the NFL all-star game, the NBA all-star game, I could basically do without it. Yes, uh, a thousand percent agree with you. It was a useless waste of time. I watched a three-point contest, um, which Eric Gordon won, of all people. Yeah, I um, saw that on Saturday night. That was, that was yeah. somewhat entertaining. So the only thing I really would say that I took from that is um, is uh, my favorite player to watch, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, basically go 14 of 17 and actually be the only player outside of uh, Marcus Soule trying in the All-Star game. But, uh, boy, Giannis, man, he just was like, you know what? I'm around all these stars. I'm going to show everybody I belong. I'm going to play lockdown defense, and I'm going to be the most efficient all-star shooter of all time. It was actually super impressive, and I love that kid to death. He's 
He's literally my favorite player in the NBA right now to watch. Um, Can you give me one more pronunciation? Giannis Antetokounmpo. My God, that's impressive. That was like when I was trying to I've learn been... um, Joanna Jerkchik's name in UFC. That, how long did that take you? Oh, the Antetokounmpo is uh, taking me quite a while because I, I, I feel like I, I had to respect the man by uh, learning his name. And I say man considering I'm 11 years older than him. Yeah. Um, you need to get that jersey, just... by the way. I want to see how many how many syllables they can fit on the back of a jersey. Oh, my God. That thing probably goes off the jersey. It's like when you're running out of a room uh, when you're trying to write, like, a paper or whatever. And, oh, basically, like, how Nate made your sign in Syracuse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Appreciate that one. Yeah. Instead of, yeah. like, most names are just flat, this one's, like, one big semicircle around the top of the jersey. Yeah. yeah. Um, you got, like, one of two of the letters, like, down in the armpit. Yeah. I think he's one of these guys similar to LeBron where he's going to finish, like, top 15 in every major statistical category this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, there it uh, I think that the Bucs, when they drafted Jabari Parker, thought that they had the next big thing. Literally, little did they know that they already had him. It's so funny. And uh, I actually think that's a really nice young pairing, too, when Jabari Parker decides to stop being injured every uh, every other season. Um, I think they really do have a special uh, a special tandem there with um, uh, Giannis and, um, and Parker. Um, and Jason Kidd is the head coach, which I don't know if a lot of people remember that he's the head coach there. Uh, no, that was a news flash to me. I, I don't watch a ton of Bucks basketball, unfortunately. No, but I mean, Milwaukee, by all accounts, is a great city. Um, and there's parts of me that also, also, I wish I lived in Wisconsin um, because. Oh yeah, uh, don't I, you I, know? <laughs> that was Scottish. I don't know what the Scots in Wisconsin have to do. Oh, that was Fargo. But, uh, oh yeah, hey there, Margie. Hi, how you? Don't you know? Um, Fargo took place in uh, North Dakota. There, oh, they uh, all in the mid northern Midwest. They all talk like that. It's like a messed up so. version of how she going eh, with the Canadian. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I love cheese though. I love their. Uh, I love the Wisconsin. Um. I love the. I love cheddar. I love. Um, I'll mess with uh, some brats. Colby Jack. Lie. Yeah, Havarti's good. Um, big cheese guy. We can do a whole cheese podcast actually. I mean, I think you're. I, I think people that when they get get a Philly cheesesteak, I think the people that get the nacho cheese sauce over the pro, melted oh, provolone God, are out of their skull. Oh, Why? it's not even real cheese, dude. It's just, it's just like how Taco Bell does have real meat. I don't know what that yellow, it almost glows in the dark. Whatever that crap is, you that get weird it all, cheese paste. Yeah, it's you get the it worst. All, at all sporting events. I get it at the dome. I get it at crunch games. I'm like, what is this? You give me some stale nachos, and they give me this this crappy yellow paste. Like, get it out of here, man. Yeah, man, give me provolone all day. It's 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 the best. But I see people eating Philly cheesesteaks with the nacho cheese sauce, and I'm like, it's not even cheese. It's like Velveeta. It's it's its own thing. Uh, people, be better. Be better. Don't be cheap. Be just be better. Yeah. Have good food. Good taste. Hundred percent agreed. Oh man. Hi, t- Hi, Tony. Give the people our uh, Twitter and. Um, Facebook and stuff while I go get a drink and uh, stop dying. Uh, guys, yeah. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter. I am at TonyCuse44. He is at Bill K. Eagle. The show is at Under the Hoodies. Favorite it. Retweet it. Hit us up. DM us. Whatever you want. You know, we want your feedback. Positive, negative. I would love to get some stalkers or just some irrational hate mail or hate tweets from people i i fiend off it i look at my phone all day you know feel free take some shots at me uh you can also find us on facebook under the hoodies podcast and if you're bored and you want to goof around uh hit me up on snapchat tony cuse 44 guys we appreciate your support um tell a friend tell a family member tell a pastor tell a homeless guy down the street even though he's not making a salary he somehow can afford a smartphone tell that guy too Go up to him, give him a couple bucks, and be like, hey, man, check out the podcast. We we greatly appreciate it. Hey, and sponsors, how about you guys check out the podcast, too? Listen to it. Let us know if you like us. And uh, I have some creative sponsor under-the-hoodie relationship ideas. So if you're a sponsor and you want to uh, want to be part of the show or you want us part of your product or service, definitely email me at BillKEagle013 at gmail.com. It's BillKEagle at, excuse me, BillKEagle013 at gmail.com. 
So, um, yeah, and guys, hey, we are we are shameless whores. We will shill out whatever product you want for whatever price. Give it to us, man. I I pay for play, man. I you know put some money in front of us. I'll do whatever you want. I I have no shame. Tony does not have any shame, and no. um, I proved that at the Q's game. You guys came out to when I, I held out a sign that said uh, "Anal is God's blind spot." There, there's no shame here. I love taking credit. I'm taking credit for that. Uh, for that though, that was my idea to put on the poster. Genius. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I heard that before. I I don't. We don't really need to get into why or how I heard that, but um, let's just say I heard it. Uh, so it's very true. And did I ever tell you about the time that I, uh, in my younger years, I hooked up with a chick and I convinced her that it wasn't a sin in the eyes of God to, uh, to give up the back door. How it basically is like God's blind spot. And that actually worked. If you can believe that a 20 year old Tony got it done through the back entrance. You're welcome. All right. So we have odds here on where Tony Romo is going to land. Damn you for not selling that. Epic no So, You know sell right. me more than Hulk Hogan. Let me tell you something, brother. So Tony Romo looks like <laughs> the odds are out, and uh, it looks like the best odds are for him to go to Houston um, at 4-1. to one. So I'll just go through these odds real quick. Yeah. Um, so, twenty to one for him to retire, fourteen to one for him to be a dolphin. That one caught me off guard. Wow, that's where did that even come from? That's the first I've ever heard those two associated with each other. Yeah, ten to one to go to Arizona, yep. uh, eight to one to uh, stay with Dallas, and eight to one also to go to Kansas City. Six to one to go to the Jets or your Buffalo Bills. Mm. Oh, that'd be awesome, oh, Tony Romo. I really here. want that, dude. Because, oh, God, if we go to a Bills game, like we want to interview Bills Mafia, and I wear a Romo jersey, can you imagine the hatred I'm going to get? That would be great. Um, You know what, though? I, I think Tony Romo, I think the Bills deserve a Tony Romo type. They deserve the better version of Drew Bledsoe uh, coming in here and uh, lighting it up for two years, throwing touchdowns to Sammy Watkins at the, yeah. uh, at the cap. Um, remember oh. when? Remember when they had Flutie and just like how they were enamored with him, like Flutie was a savior. Imagine Romo, who's a better skilled quarterback, if he came in and started producing for Buffalo. They they would anoint him a saint. That town would love him. Buffalo is all or nothing, man. Like if you if you give your heart and you play hard for them, they will just they'll make a god out of you. It's like a college yeah. town. Yeah, very true. College Town is definitely it's definitely a college atmosphere at the, at the Ralph too, or whatever the cap now, whatever they're calling it. I actually do like the corporate sponsorship. It makes Buffalo seem a little bit more official than being named after an old white guy. Did a lot for the sport and a lot for human beings in general. But um, and for all the Bills fans, I'll butthurt about them changing it from the Ralph. If you, they seem to have short term memory, it was originally called Rich Stadium. Ralph Wilson sold the naming rights. To uh, what was it, a rich, the rich company or something like that? So they rich, named it Rich, rich Products. Yeah, Rich Products. Yeah. Um, so let's not get butthurt about them changing the name. Come well, on. also let's also be proud that we live in a city that is um, that founded uh, New Era, which is the largest hat distributor on the planet. They own a market share in their industry bigger than almost every other industry. I think the only thing that really it rivals is uh, McDonald's and Walmart. That's it. Wow. In the hat industry. And they they own something something crazy like a sixty eight share or whatever. Whereas like Walmart's like fifty. I know McDonald's is seventy eight, which is which is absolutely insane. I actually wrote a paper in college, community college, about McDonald's. So um, <laughs> I like uh, they snuck that in there. I know how anyone thinking I went anywhere actual. <laughs> uh, all right, so he's five to one to go to the Bears and four to one to go to Houston. And I can't remember if I said six to one of the Jets, but six to one yeah. of the Jets as well. Well, eliminate the Jets. Why in the hell? Because it's all in most likelihood the Cowboys are just going to flat out release Romo. Yeah. Why would he want to go to the Jets? He has okay. no weapons, no good team. It's a rebuilding franchise. Why would you want to go to New York and the most scrutinized media market? Yeah, that's true. So let's do this. Let's do. Um... I like that Kansas City one though. By the way, I think if they get Romo, that. That's a great roster. If they just have a you know good to great quarterback play, I think they could leapfrog New England. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Um, like, that roster is stacked, but that roster is, minus quarterback. Yeah, and I love Andy Reid with uh, quarterback yeah. of Tony Romo's caliber. Because think about it. Who's the best quarterback that Andy Reid's had? That's Alex Smith and Donovan McNabb and Michael yeah. Vick. He'd be and, the best by far. And, and think about it, too. There's familiarity there between them in the East. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Andy Reid had, had stayed up nights thinking about having to play Tony Romo the next day. But um, – the thing that I like about uh, that is that Andy Reid has not ever had a legitimate number one quarterback. I mean, Matt put up okay numbers. He was really good in that system. Same with Michael Vick. He was dynamic for that for that two years. And um, Alex Smith, I'm more dynamic as a uh, water delivery guy than Alex Smith is as a football player. So I have that, seen you hurdle those snowbanks in Buffalo. It's quite impressive. Carrying a I'm a lot more athletic. I'm a lot more athletic than uh, my 33-year-old soft body would indicate. Um, but uh, but that being said, um, I think uh, I think Kansas. As you City wear your is, army T-shirt underneath all that pudding. What's well, over my pudding? Oh, over your pudding. I'm yeah. sorry. I didn't even realize that it's my P T-shirt. Um, it's looking good, buddy. <laughs> oh, this shirt's been through a lot. Um, be all you can be on the podcast. No, no, no. That's the old one. It was Army Strong when I went in. Um, wow. They're strong, then there's Army Strong. We should get some money for that, actually. Yeah. Um, they didn't pay me enough while I was in. Uh, thanks for the free education, community college, and healthcare, <laughs> VA insurance. Um, I appreciate it. So, <coughs> I love that community college drop. So, what team of these outside of Dallas, obviously staying in Dallas, would you be most uh, excited for him to go? Is it Buffalo, or would you like to see him in Kansas City, where he'd actually have the potential to win a Super Bowl? I can't see him staying in Dallas. That makes zero sense to me. Like at the very least, cut him and, and save that cash. Like I believe if they cut him, uh, make him a designated post June first, they yeah. could save fourteen million on the cap. Like, yeah. Why would you keep him? You're not going to keep a. He's set to make fourteen million this year. Why would you keep a fourteen million dollar a year quarterback as a backup when you're paying Dak Prescott peanuts? It makes zero sense. Use that money toward a pass rush, or use that money to sign your draft picks and your your practice squad. But uh, the most excited, I mean, well, give me your top three where you think he's gonna go. Where I think he's gonna go? Okay, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go. Mm, I'm gonna go Houston, Arizona, and Buffalo is a dark horse. I think most entertaining would be Buffalo. Just because you and I personally living there, we know those fans. We know how rabid and insane and irrational they are, but I love every second of it. I think it would be great if we went to Buffalo. It would energize that city. But ideally, I think the best spot for him to land is Houston. I think that's a deep playoff team with Tony Romo. See, here's my problem with Houston. Houston is paying a lot of money for the quarterback position right now. Um, They just just shelled out a lot of money to Lamar Miller to get him to come there. They're paying J.J. Watt a ton. They're going to have to pay Whitney Merciless a lot of money. They're going to have to pay um, uh, Jadavion Clowney a lot of money. I don't think they're going to take – I honestly do not see him going to Houston. Um, I maybe, still – I know it was kind of a fantasy thing, but the whole Romo for J.J. Watt trade, trading the money, that could work. Um, yeah, and uh, you could also – hit the lottery tomorrow and never have to worry about money again either. Um, so yeah, uh, I think, I think the odds of that happening are definitely better. So I, I have, um, here's mine, my list. I think the Cardinals, man, the, ever since I read the Miami thing, I can't get that out of my head. I actually think that that seems like a legitimate landing spot for him. I, I can I, see it now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and I, again, like you, I have Buffalo as my dark horse. So I see the cards as his best option. I mean, Houston's technically his best option, but I just don't see him going there. The money doesn't make sense. Um, Arizona makes sense. Um, I mean, they're they're not quite as hamstrung with money as as Houston. Miami has um, quite a bit of cap space because I think they signed uh, Tannehill to one of those Kaepernick deals and sent a place. Um, well, not a lot of um, guarantees. This came out today too, though. Speaking of their cap, they re-signed uh, Cameron. Wait, two years, nineteen million, and uh, eleven million guaranteed. So they may not have as much cap as they did earlier in the day, right? But he bounced. You know, Cam Wake actually deserves that because he had a nice rebound season oh, this yeah. year. Eleven and a half sacks coming yeah. off what was it, an Achilles injury? Achilles tear, yeah. And Buffalo, Buffalo's money for days. I don't think they're going to re-sign yeah. Stephon Gilmore. Um, the, the real the only person they're really paying a whole bunch of money to is um. Uh, Marcel Darius, 
Kyle Liam makes yep. a nice uh, a nice amount. Jerry Hughes probably a little bit more player friendly than team friendly, but uh, yep. but even and they're going to cut Tyrod. They're going to cut Tyrod. They're going to save that money. EJ Manuel comes off the books um, as a uh, as a like five million dollar backup. Um, Shady they paid a pretty. Now that I'm looking at that, the Shady contract actually is uh, definitely better for the Bills than than uh, initially thought it was going to be. And they really they're going to lose uh, Robert Woods. His his money's coming off the books. They're not going to replace him. Um, yeah. They're they're not gonna, excuse me. They're not going to resign him. They're going to replace him probably in the draft. And um, I think that if they are going to if they do make a play for Tony Romo and actually get him, I think that the Deshaun Watson thing doesn't happen. I actually think they go after Williams from Clemson instead with the tenth pick. Or um, I, I don't know, but I I just don't. I don't know. The Bills makes a lot of sense. The only problem with the Bills is it's in Buffalo and it's really cold. And I think Tony Romo saw what happened to Peyton Manning and just just does not want to have that happen to him. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure his success in cold weather. I'd imagine it's not much different than it is, you know, in a dome compared to every other quarterback not named Tom Brady. But um, he's had some success in the cold. I mean, he's played in December in Philly and Washington, and right. you know, he's pulled out victories. So it's not it's not terrible. It's not one of those things where exactly. It's like, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a quarterback who's like terrible in the cold, like um, Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, Peyton Manning, or um, uh, who's the other one? Was it Matt Hasselbeck who struggled in the cold? Um, I I don't remember that. He actually played really good in that Green Bay game. He was gonna, uh, yeah. He guaranteed he played really well in that game. Um, I know I'm gonna kick myself after this because there's one I'm definitely missing who was terrible and like when the temperature dropped. Oh, Drew Brees. Degrees. Oh yeah, there you go. Drew Brees is not good in the cold at all. He's not yeah. really even good outside. Well, for him anyway, compared to his absurd standards. But <clears throat> that being said, uh, man, I think my favorite my favorite is the cards. I think Miami is definitely definitely in play, and yeah. uh, Buffalo is, is a dark horse. It is funny how you mentioned Miami because just today too they cut Mario Williams and safety Rashad Jones to save on the cap. Like, yeah, they are making some moves if they want to make a big play at quarterback. And you know, I don't, I really just don't think Tannehill's the answer. I mean, his his backup. Um, uh, God, uh, Matt Moore came in and looked better than him at times. So Matt Moore is a better player than Ryan Tannehill, though. Matt Moore is yeah. a better player. I, I always thought that. Because I remember Matt yeah. Moore, before Tannehill got drafted, came in and played in spot duty. It was really good. And I remember thinking, I was like, is he one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the league? Like, he's had he's had moments, and he's, you know, he's not a bad player. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and they made that move today, trading for Julius Thomas. I mean, they they had 551 yards in the tight end, second fewest in the NFL. So they saw a weakness and they upgraded it. So they're they're upgrading their passing game. They have Jarvis Landry here. They're going to try to re-sign long term. I mean, like, you know, and uh, with Jay Ajayi, they've got pieces on that offense. They just, you know, they're missing the quarterback. Oh, they have some legit personnel. You mentioned too Landry and Ajayi, but also think about Devontae Parker. They're gonna they're trying yeah. to re-sign uh, Kenny Stills as well, and actually like their backups. I like Kenyon Drake a lot. I think that yeah. uh, I think they have some legit offensive personnel, and I think Miami's actually going to be kind of scary if you're a Bills fan because uh, Bills. Sorry to say this, man, but they're better than you. They're a better team yeah, better, than you. Better roster right now. Yeah, their head and coach you, is legit. Adam Gase is a, a really good head coach. Uh, they got a couple of uh, coach of the year votes this year. Yeah, and you mentioned it too. How you know would Romo want to go play in cold weather in Buffalo? Well, opposite end of the spectrum, here's beautiful South Beach. Like, nice, beautiful, warm weather. Like, it, you know, the more you you brought it up, I never thought about it until today. But the more and more I think about it, it it's making sense, that move. I, I can now see Romo in a Dolphins jersey. Oh, also a no-state tax in Florida. That's a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Because he goes from beautiful. Texas, there's no state tax in Texas, there's none in Florida. Um, yep. So gets, Which is exactly why most WWE wrestlers live in Florida. Oh, yeah, smart. Um, so just some other uh, quick NFL stuff. Um, uh, Michael Floyd looks like he's going to serve 120 days um, time served, so I actually think it's down to 93 days. He blew a .217. How did he even get Oof. in his car? Holy Almost hell. Almost three times drunk. the legal limit. I, that, that is, is drunk. I, yo, I've, I don't think I've ever been that drunk. I've been blacked out drunk twice. I don't think I hit that mark. I, I would bet that I hit that mark. The last oh time I was close to being that drunk, I tried to get into a fight with a kid from Lafayette High School. Ended up on my butt, cracked my head on a sidewalk, ended up with eight staples in the back of my head, and I haven't had a drink in eight and a half years since. Like, that is, he was bombed <laughs> to be behind the wheel. And fall asleep at a light. 
Oh my god, dude. Seven charges against him, but six, including extreme DUI, were dismissed. Like, are you kidding me? And you said 120-day sentence. 24 of those days are in jail. 96 are home detention, <laughs> which the guy's a millionaire. So 96 days of home, to, home detention. Oh, let me hang out by the pool with some supermodels as they bring me my mojitos. Like, oh, that's a real rough life. Like, come on. And then 30 hours of community service? Are you kidding me, dude? Like, I, I live in um, I live in about 1,800 square feet, and uh, I'd be thrilled with home detention. <laughs> Can't imagine oh my being God. Michael Netflix Floyd. Netflix and chill, dude. Oh Bring me my, my mojito, you gorgeous supermodel. Oh, my God. Let's see. Let's just go through all of House of Cards. Like, let's watch all of Stranger Things. Like, oh, my God. Boo-hoo. Cry me a river. Yeah, and I'm sure he has a nice television. So, also, a couple yeah. other NFL things. Uh, these are Giants-related. By, by all means, pop in with a couple of these as well. So it looks like the Giants are talking about uh, franchise tagging Jason Pierre-Paul, which they're actually within the right to do. Oof. That makes sense um, the, yeah. if they want to work out a long-term deal. I actually would say let them walk, considering what they're going to pay even in the franchise tag. I think it's like an $18 million or some ridiculous number. Um, for, and they need offensive line help, man. Yeah. I mean, your defense is much improved even without Jason Pierre-Paul. Do you really want to spend eighteen million no. and not, you know, not get a left tackle, not protect Eli, no. you know, in the later stages of his career? Imagine if Eli goes down. Like, what then? What happened? What happens well, to the offense at Odell Beckham? At that oh point? God, Ryan Nassib isn't even on the team, so that would be my answer. But we don't have a backup right now. Um, that and um, it, Brandon Albert looks like he's available for trade, but it actually looks like Brandon Albert's going to be traded to Jacksonville for a late round pick. Um, it also looks like. Uh, uh, Ryan Clady's looking for a new home. I mean, he might not even have to move if the Giants sign him uh, from the Jets. Um, and, um, oh, there's another good left tackle. Oh, I'm so pissed at the Giants. I think the Giants, I really, really feel strongly that they, if they would have traded for Joe Thomas in the middle of the season, that they I think their seed's a little different. I actually think that they're um, actually. They'd have a better shot at Green Bay, man, running that oh, ball. Oh, God, man. yes. Um, but uh, but yeah, that being said, um, Victor Cruz, another former Giants, apparently had a meeting with the Carolina Panthers and it quote unquote went well. Um, hmm. I am not at all nervous about losing my steak dinner bet with my buddy Sean. <laughs> I I don't think he makes it out of a training camp. I love Victor Cruz. No. But when you're getting passed on a depth chart on a team without receivers by the likes of Tavares King and um, Roger Lewis, you're done. Your career's over, buddy. Sorry. Yeah. Like I said last week, I think he'll make a training camp yeah. roster, but I don't think he's coming out with a 53-man roster. Nope, you and I agree a 1,000% on that. We just, yeah. yeah no. And it's sad, man. I mean, you know, as much as I'm a Cowboys fan, he was he was a great player to watch, you know? Yeah. Really talented. It's just those injuries killed him, that patella tear. I mean, you just some guys can't bounce back. I, I think, it's a I think the worst was the calf. I think the calf. Yeah, I think I think tearing his calf off the bone or whatever he did. Oh, oh god, how much, how, dude? I've had a cramp <laughs> at the gym in my calf. How much does a tear hurt? Uh, I, I can't imagine. I can't even. You, dude, I'm I drop to the ground. It's debilitating just getting a cramp, but a tear, dude, I'm crying. Yeah, and he missed the whole season with it. Those lower soft tissue injuries oh. on wide receivers kill him. Look at Akeem Nix. Akeem Nix had never won that devastating, but he just had nagging ones, and it just it just. Just Dude, submarine look at his Plexigo career. Burris, that that gunshot killed him. Oh, he played. Well, almost yeah. killed him. <laughs> God, oh, that's a whole other topic for another day. But boy, did the city of New York railroad that guy. I'm I'm oh, not over great. that at all. Dude, they threw the book at him for what? He shot yeah. himself. And good up to Antonio Pierce. That's a real friend right there. Antonio Pierce hid the gun, took it across state lines. Actually, looked a real prison time himself for his boy. That's a boy. Antonio right there. Pierce that's, is a that's a bro. That's a great friend, dude. Um, so uh, dude, think about it this way though: Ray Rice punched out his girlfriend on tape and didn't serve jail time, and Black Clover shot himself in the leg and went to prison, like for being an idiot, right? It's amazing when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that Plaxico Burris's wife is an I think an attorney. Um, so it, it just oh, yeah, wow. Plaxico Burris's wife, um. Quite fetching. Uh, good for him. Alexio um, mm. Burt. Well, he's a pro athlete. I mean, come on. Well, the chances are pretty good. Vince Wilfork, you know, would beg to differ on the uh, yeah. fetchingness of a wife. Dante Culpepper's wife. 
and I don't like judging other people's wives, but uh, I just am doing it for argument's sake against uh, what you just said. You don't mind judging because you outkicked your coverage with your wife. Let's be honest. I have a great personality, to be honest. That's what I did. <laughs> it's the gap tooth. That's the, you know that's that's a funny thing. I she love it first gap tooth. <laughs> she that's her fetish. She uh, she actually oh, it makes oh, me even cool. better. She uh, she pursued me, which is funny. Um, I didn't even. Uh, I was like. Another one, and I just <laughs> like someone get these women away from me already. I'm okay, tra- Casanova. Right, I'm like get these women away from me. I'm trying to make ten fifteen hour over here, and she just off my grill. Beat them off with the wanted hose. me to uh, wanted me to go to David Buster's. It's like I don't have time for this. I have ten fifty to make an hour over here and a community college degree to get down uh, to get buckled down on. So beat it, lady. And uh, by the way, too, if you want to see Tony at his absolute ADD, just hyper best, give him a, a sugar pixie stick and let him play on that four-way air hockey table at Dave and Buster's. It is a sight to behold. You know what's funny is I like getting on those military gun games, and uh, uh, the wife always picks on me because she was like, "Oh my god, you look like you're back in the army." Because I'm literally, <laughs> I got my elbow tucked. I'm like looking you at my sight post. Yeah, there's like kids walking by. I'm like, hey, get down. It's like, yeah. Uh, Sniper on the roof. Yeah. They should have a game more tailored to my actual deployment. It's just a b- bunch of magenta toner cartridges laying on the ground. And a guy with a stopwatch. <laughs> see how many I can load in 20 seconds. <laughs> that's, that's actually the... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, that's, that, that'd be... Cl- Private Kegel, go file these documents. I was a specialist, sir. Uh, don't you oh, ever... I was Kegel. promoted. Damn you. I was a specialist. <laughs> dare I. The E4 bro. I actually turned down my sure. sergeant uh, board because, um, uh, you know what? I just didn't want to have a whole bunch of like these extra duties to do. I just really didn't. I and <laughs> and there's, I'm not saying I regret getting out of the military because uh, I love my family and I'm actually very fortunate. Like you said with Ashley, as much as I joke, um, she's a good girl. She's super. She's super motivated. The poor things go to grad school, not community college, which I struggle through. <laughs> but, yeah. but, uh, but, uh, and then you're giving her advice on how to write oh, papers. God. She's like, get out of here. Idiot. No, I'm a, you didn't even pass 13th grade. I did too. I passed 13th and 14th grade pro. Um, I'm oh, looking oh, for those, God. uh, you remember those papers in kindergarten where they had all those lines. So you're, your capitals were hitting the top of them and like lowercase were hitting the yep. middle one. Yeah. That's what I wrote. Yeah, that's yeah. what we write our papers on at community college. So, <laughs> um, uh, but, um, but no, uh, I, there's part of me that actually, I really regret getting out of the military. Just, just, just for a career. I actually really liked it. I would actually be going into my, uh, 12th year in the military and be eight years from retiring, which is crazy because physically actually I'm fantastic. I'm in, uh, I, I'm not in tip-top shape by any means, but I'm injury injury-wise, I'm in fantastic shape. My back is like I have no issues with my back, nothing with my shoulders. And considering the job we do, you'd think there'd be something, but no. Other than the fact I broke my pinky toe the other day, but again, the same one. By the way, I'll send you a picture. Oh god, uh, I might put that on the twitters. Uh, yeah, I, you should. Sure? That last one was brutal I, when you when you like slipped out of the tub. Yeah, uh, no, I, I was stepping in the tub to get Avery out of it. And, uh, yeah, I cracked it on the side of it and I did it, uh, I did it, um, on my bed on Friday night and, um, I rebroke the same toe. It was excruciating. So, uh, yeah. I wish my dad were in here for that story. Cause, uh, he has the ultimate dad joke whenever, you know, he's left foot oh, on like, that corner. No, when you hit your foot on the corner of a table or, you know, you jam it against something, he'd be like, uh oh, looks like we need to call the tow truck. Let me get the phone book. I'll call the tow truck for uh, you. <laughs> At 31, he still uses that um, joke with me. You see, I thought he was going to do the he's lactose intolerant. Oh, no, that's I, a good one, though. I, should, I love that, that one. Um, but, uh, all right, man, what else do we want to uh, – oh, you know what? We're right up against the hour mark. Um, you got some entertainment picks? Uh, yeah, well, I don't have an entertainment pick, but I got a fun NFL story quick. I'll use oh, yeah, go ahead. Totally forgot. Pick. Go ahead. Yeah, um, <laughs> apparently former Detroit cornerback Stanley Wilson, 34 oh, years old, uh, was found nude trying to break into an Oregon home. Uh, apparently this isn't the first time old Stanley Wilson has done this. He's done this twice prior, and one of those times a homeowner shot him. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on. This guy's on drugs. He's got mental issues. If CTE is just riddled him, but I mean, you know... Apparently he couldn't cover in the NFL and he can't cover up in his personal life. So hopefully this guy gets some help. 
Yeah, that's really sad. At the same time, it's like you think getting Hilarious. shot would stop you from breaking into people's house. Not, not yeah. naked, but just just put clothes on and then break into the house. But the cops found him nude hiding in a shed out in the backyard. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like what? What is going Detroit on? Detroit also had um um uh, what what was his name? Titus Young. Remember Titus Young, who got in, uh yep. who committed like twenty six felonies over the course of like fourteen hours. Couple of years ago, yeah, Jesus. Um, and then they also had uh, Charles Rogers, who um, probably the biggest non-quarterback bust in NFL history from Michigan State from in 2003, which is funny because I think Anquan Bolden and him played each other in the rookie years on the first uh, day of the season, and uh, that year I believe it was 2003 or 2004. Carlos Rogers had, uh, I think he was maybe injured, but I think he had like something like three catches for 40 yards. And Anquan Bolden had 12 catches for 200 yards and, like, three touchdowns in his very first game. Anquan Bolden was an absolute monster. And Anquan yeah. Bolden uh, did not do too. well on the measurables in the combine. Charles Rogers crushed the measurables in the combine. So um, maybe pay more attention to the actual guy. And uh, Yeah. Can he play in pads? Is he a good football right. player? Rather than all these stupid, useless numbers. Right. Because in NFL games, these guys – Running shirts and shorts in a forty-yard dash straight ahead without ever cutting. Let's see how fast they can do it. I mean, Marcus. I mean, Marquise Goodwin is incredible, right? Straight line speed, but he's not a good wide receiver. Um, yeah, which anybody can run with another guy straight ahead. For right, the most part. you can stay within reaching distance. Right, I, and you know what? It, it, it's a useful tool. I, it's not something I think that it's one of those things that's way too hyped. Like, oh, let's see if he yep. can break Chris Johnson's record this year. It doesn't really matter. I mean, break Chris Johnson's 2,000-yard yeah. rushing record, help your team win some games. It doesn't really matter, you know? it's As the draft gets closer, we should go back and look at all-pro running backs to see what their 40 times are now. Yeah, that's that That wouldn't be a bad one. I mean, look at Tom Brady's laughable combine. Oh, God, look at his pictures from his combine. Yeah, the one with his, Ultimate dad with his shirt off is hilarious. But, like, you know, and he's one of the three greatest football players of all time. Um, that's yep. that's absolutely hilarious. I'm sure Jerry Rice looks better with his shirt off today than uh, than Tom Brady ever has. But even no. still, um, yeah, go grab Herschel Walker. Her- I mean, Jesus, Herschel Walker is such a liar. There's no way he looks like that just doing push-ups, sit-ups, and pull-ups. Out right of your damn skull, sir. No way, you're that shredded. <laughs> a little extra. Oh help, God, yeah, yeah. He said he does like 1,100 push-ups, 1,500 sit-ups, and a thousand pull-ups or whatever. It's like, all right, bro. You don't, yeah, you don't get, you don't look like that at his age. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so speaking of which, we will probably talk a little bit of combine and some NFL draft. I'm going to try to get my buddy uh, Brian to, to come on. Um, Brian, I like to refer to him as uh, the Rave Man, the the, the NFL, I wouldn't even be NFL, it would be amateur sports Rain Man. It's ridiculous. Like, and not like Rain Man and like trying to cross the street Rain Man, but like drop toothpicks and counted him in four seconds Rain Man. He's, he's insane. You could have, Brian could do a three hour podcast unprompted right now about amateur baseball. I'm not kidding, oh dude. I'm not kidding. It's, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd. And the guy has a full time job. He coaches two two basketball teams, a high school and a uh, fifth grade basketball team, and he somehow still shoehorns the time in to learn all this stuff. The guy's a computer. I always said that he, Sky, if he was, but that's amazing. It, if if there was a way to get him to ESPN, he would replace Todd McShay instantly. Like that, Brian's an absolute machine. Um, Brian also, I forget the player he said this about, but it's still one of my favorite lines. Brian said about a player. Uh, oh, it was Christine Michael, actually. He said that um, Christine Michael had more red flags than the back nine at the local or at the uh, community golf course, which I, I love. And then he also said that Christine Michael um, makes Marshawn Lynch seem like um, uh, Stephen Hawking, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> That's, That's pretty bad. So Brian comes hard with the analogies, too. So he comes hard, he comes true, he comes deep, and he comes American. I, I, uh, I stole that from Callan. I love that he said he makes love true, hard, or true. Um, oh, what was the other one? It wasn't. It wasn't hard. It was uh, true, um, deliberate in American. <laughs> like deliberate. Oh, um, so uh, anyway, um, 
Nice. Oh, before we go, I had a quick story I wanted to tell you. Um, the past week, I was house-sitting for my uh, my dad and my stepmom. They took a nice little cruise down to Puerto Rico. Turns out it was the perfect time, too, because uh, we got a good 10 to 12 inches of snow dumped on us on Monday. So, you know, bright and early in the morning, I hear this knock at the door, and uh, here comes... My dad calls them Bosnian kids. I think they're actually Albanian. But basically, there's this like immigrant family that lives down the street. And my dad, almost as like protection in a way, he hires them to do odd jobs like pulling weeds, shoveling the driveway, gives them 10, 20 bucks. This kind of, you know, it, it's almost like mafioso. You pay him a little bit of money, have him do a small job, keeps the riffraff, you know, out of his yard, away from the house. So I didn't know this. I didn't have any cash on me, of course, at the time. So I got nothing to pay the kid. So I have to go out there, shovel the driveway with this rinky dink little plastic shovel, get a foot of snow out of there. So fast forward to this past Saturday, I go out, I pick up the dad and the stepmom from the airport, and I'm telling them about all this. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, we keep some money up in the uh, top cupboard in the cookie jar. That's to pay the Bosnians. I was like, ah, oh, great. Good thing you told me, you know, before we got, you know, two snowstorms in one week and over a foot of snow dumped on us. So then they proceeded to tell me about their vacation. And apparently down in Puerto Rico, they were at like one of those like floating bar setups you know, my dad's hanging out. My dad doesn't drink anymore. He's, you know, covering alcoholic like myself. But he's sitting there having himself, you know, having himself a soda. And I guess this girl from across the way just unprompted just takes off her top. Big old cans right out. And I was like, oh, you know, that's pretty cool. That's a great sight. You know, he's trying to say it under his breath so my stepmom doesn't hear it. And, you know, my stepmom was like, oh, you know. Tell, you know, Tony, tell your son the real story about how you were disappointed because the woman sitting directly across the bar did it for you as well, but she had the tiniest tits you've ever seen. <laughs> so just, yeah, hearing my stepmom use the term tiny, tiny tits just really just made my week. You know, it would be nice if somebody looked at me and said tiny tits, but. <laughs> uh, you don't have tiny nips, though. That's good. That's a plus. Yeah, we had to shoehorn that in. I realized that the people were were asking. They demanded. Yeah, they're demanding more Nip Talk. So um, we should just rename this podcast Nip Talk with Tony and Bill. Um, but That might be the uh, name of the episode. <laughs> how we call it? We call it um, uh, a Bach can't. I don't know. Um, I'm really tired. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, let's, yeah, wrap, let's it up, wrap it up. Buddy. So my entertainment pick is, oh, I got something not to watch. Uh, don't watch Central Intelligence with The Rock and Kevin Hart. Not good. Oh, really? Yep. Also. Uh, but you are a movie snob, too, though. I love me some rock. I love The Rock, too. Yeah, but also, <clears throat> don't watch Black Mass, because you'll spend the whole movie wanting to watch Goodfellas like I did. Um, also, um, what else did I... Oh, I, I recorded Beware the Slender Man. So, uh... Oh, I will be talking. I about, want to watch that, but oh, I, I will be talking about that next week. I am thrilled. So, um, freaky, yep, man. and uh, that thing is free. Yeah, man. very. Um, yo, the, the Slender Man actual silhouette with the face, no face in the suit. And he's real tall, holding a little yeah. in his hand. He's it's like so creepy. Yeah, I'm kind of, I kind of do and don't want to watch that. I feel like it'll freak me the hell out. But it looks so my actual entertainment pick, I, I. I no hyperbole here. My absolute favorite thing, and I probably talked this on a previous episode, previous episode, my absolute favorite thing that I've ever, my eyes have ever watched on a television set is the first season of True Detective with McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. I've said it on a previous episode. I'll keep saying it. All right, all right, until, all right, all right, all right. I'll keep saying it until Tony watches it, but that is, I absolutely loved, love, love the first thing. I've literally never seen anything better on a television in my life. True yep. Detective writing it down that's no it's not hbo go so uh oh you have to give me your sign on then yes and um just fantastic so don't watch the second season vince vaughn cannot be a bad guy he just too vince vaughn-y um i don't think he's necessarily a bad actor i just think that he's vince vaughn and you just think about vince vaughn and and, uh wedding crashers and old school and the breakup so um all right man uh do you have anything else before we go Yes, uh, quick uh, what to watch for. Wednesday night, Syracuse, Duke, in the Carrier Dome. They've already announced 28,000 tickets have already been sold. This sucker will have 30,000 people in the Loud House. I will be there. I will be screaming my head off Wednesday night at 7. I am 
pumped. If you're at the game, come up to section 307, row E. Come find me. Say hello. Let's chat. But, man, be loud. Be proud. Let's go, Cuse. All right. And, um, oh, God, do I have anything else? Um, no, the show's going up on Wednesday, I believe. We're recording it on a Monday. So if anything happens between now and then and we don't talk about it, just know that that's the reason. So, Tony, if you don't have anything else. I'm good. Okay. Uh, that's Tony DeNicola. I am Bill Kegel. I am at, at Bill K. Eagle on Twitter. <laughs> my throat is dead. Bill K. You want me yeah, to please. My throat's, um, yeah. Okay. Guys, find us on Twitter. I am at TonyQs44. He is at Bill K. Eagle. We are at Under the Hoodies. Find us on Facebook, Under the Hoodies Podcast. Hit us up. Tweet us out. DM. Retweet us. Guys, we appreciate your support. Help us grow this thing. Help us become something much bigger. Help us quit our goddamn jobs. That's all we want. That is all we want. And um, be cool, podcast. Tell that bitch be cool. Be cool, podcast. Number.